0: Cleveland baseball talk podcast uh, on this Thursday, June 18th. I'm Jamie Turner, the night sports manager for Cleveland.com filling in for Joe Noga. And we are really happy to be able to tell you that we just don't have one legend here from Cleveland sports. We have two. So it's Paul Hoynes who, for some reason, keeps coming back on a daily basis, but we're glad he does. And Terry Pluto, uh, the columnist for clip.com and and the Plain Dealer, and uh, it's nice to have you both here. Uh, everybody feeling good?
1: I'm thrilled to be doing this with somebody older than me for once. <laughs> who may that be, Mr. Hoynes?
0: Oh, God, I'm old, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not too sure any of us are actually lowering the average age in, in this uh, <laughs> chat room uh, very well, but all right. Anyway, we go into this with uh, news from the uh, Wednesday offer by MLB to the players uh, to try to get the season started. Uh, recapping what we know, uh, they are offering to have uh, the season start after a three-week uh, Spring training redux uh, on July 19th or 20th, it would end September 27th. Uh, every player or the teams would play 60 games with the all players getting their full prorated salary, uh, which has always been a big contention. Uh, there would be, that will add up to about $1.5 billion. The owners are offering another 25 million for players who reach the postseason. They would forgive 33 million in uh, uh, advance money that they were uh, that the players were given back in March. Uh, this is out of a 170 million dollar advance. Uh, the postseason would grow from 10 to 16 teams. We would have a universal DH in both leagues, not just for this year but for 2021 as well. $10 million would be donated by Major League Baseball to the players' uh, social justice initiatives. And for all of you who have been wondering, what are the Indians going to do with a bare shoulder? You know, without Chief Wahoo and without an All-Star <laughs> Game logo to put on it, you get ads. Uh, I presume that will probably be where, where it would most logically go. Nothing uh, runs like a deer. <laughs> that's right uh, and then we have uh, the, now the response from the players is that the girl will want to offer to play more games at their full prorated uh, uh, number and salary or potentially get more of that uh, March advance on their salaries forgiven uh, so they're, you know, they're not having to pay back as much now that they're actually getting uh, salaries so having said all that this is positive, right? Or isn't it? Oh, I think it's,
2: a, I think it's a positive move, Jamie. I thought it was, I thought it would come down to this with the last possible second. Like they always do in these negotiations. They don't, no one makes a move until it's absolutely necessary. And I thought the uh, tip off was finally uh, Manfred and, and Tony Clark kicking the, uh, lawyers out of the room and just meeting one-on-one and trying to get something done.
1: You always wonder, why do people wait so long to talk to each other? It really is because, you know, when you do things by, as you said, lawyers, or even if you're just firing texts or emails back and forth, you lose uh, the human element. And then it's like when two guys sit down, it's just like when you have a problem with a friend or even an enemy, sit down and say, okay, what's the deal? Uh, you could read facial expressions, you could read tone of voice. Uh, is it, I mean, do we really want to play or not? Or do we want to be like national embarrassments?
0: Yeah, I was mentioning this yesterday that, uh, number one, I, I was reading about how, you know, so many of the owners of the franchises that have turned over the owners. So there's only like four who are left from 1994, uh, or and maybe a couple more who are family owned and like the Dolan's, but the Dolan's weren't around in, in 94 either. Uh, b- but I just couldn't get around that uh, in my head, the idea of these owners recognizing that they will be part of the first baseball season that never gets played. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's one <laughs> thing that <to go> <laughs> I I just couldn't believe they would really sign up for that to be part of their obituary, you know, maybe the third or fourth line of, you know, owner of the Cincinnati Reds and part of the baseball season that never was. So maybe well, if if Manfred is the only cooler head, at least he's the right cooler head,
1: correct? Well one thing I see what Paul thinks about this. I have to admit I'm still suspicious until they get this thing done because what these two sides are very good at is when they do make some progress is this find a bunch of other things they want, or they didn't like about the progress that were made. Um, you know, that there's a, not that Dan Gilbert is a sage or whatever, but a long time ago, he has those isms of things that he says, you know, kind of little sayings. And, but what I do like, he says, you know, that you reach a point where you got to take the roast out of the oven and just eat it. And he said, so often, you know, you're, you're cooking this thing and it's gotta be perfect. Because then you know what you do, you burn it, and you can't use it. And he says sometimes you just need to get going with the deal, get going with this, and kind of and they'll force you to figure it out as you go along. Well, that's I mean, right now, I thought the owners one thing they said. Remember the player said, tell us wh- when we start, tell us when to go. Well, they did. Here's your games. Here's when you start.
2: yeah. and I th- I still think there'll probably be some negotiation about the sixty games from what I heard they you know the the players would like to play sixty five. They think they have some wiggle room. You know from uh, July seventeenth or nineteenth through the September twenty seventh. But it's still like seventy one games, seventy one days, and you're going to play sixty five games. I mean, you're going to throw a double header in there. You got to have an off day somewhere around there. You know, you got to throw some off days in there. So you know, I I think sixty five games is is a, a a good area to compromise in. But you're right, Terry. I mean. I I don't trust these guys as far as I can throw them until somebody says a deal is done. You know, like yesterday, one of the the first things the union did was (laughs) deny that there was a deal done.
1: Instead of saying it's not done, but we're still talking, you know how that is. It's it's almost like, you know, when you have a family dispute, okay, we're going to put this on hold now. We got a few other, but I like how we sat down and talked. No, it's like, we got nothing, nothing. nothing to see here. I mean, so, like, like,
2: come yeah. on. And that's
1: why, I mean, just when I really get really in the owner's camp, totally, you know, they do something, the players do something like that. And then I'm sorry, when I get totally into pl- the player's camp, excuse me, um, the players do something like that when finally they got some movement from the people that I was very angry with. And as you know, there's a lot of, they're so important. I, I wake up in the morning because I usually get up at 6.30 anyway. It's just kind of a, the old man thing you get up that. And I, and I, instead of starting the day like, with coffee, I, I like watch a couple innings of Korean baseball. I don't know what that says about me.
2: But you're hardcore, what, man.
1: Eduardo <laughs> Perez is like the Iron Man. He's on there every day. You yeah. want to know anything about Korean baseball, text him. And,
2: and he's I mean, doing it like from 2,000 miles away,
1: right? The garage in Miami. <laughs> But it's like now he's like, well, you know, Ho Wan Khan, you got to watch it. He's really, he's really tough on (laughs) left-handers. That's
2: when you've been doing it too
1: long. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But the thing is that it's, there's some comfort to it. Just like base. So many of my friends, I wrote a column about six weeks ago, you know, missing Hamilton on the radio and that boy did I get emails from people like that? Or they said, you know, I just miss it in the background. I miss it for that. And, um, And, Jamie, you're right. If you are the people that threw this thing over the side and took that away in the middle of a pandemic with 14% unemployment and a bunch of other people taking furloughs, and, I mean, some guy just wrote me, was working 40 hours a week, and now he's down to 24, you know, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, Man, you got to rock for a heart.
0: Yeah, public relations is not exactly (laughs) the class that any of these people ever attended. Uh, and, and and it's amazing how consistent it is. Remember back in the '80s and '90s as owners, it's Don Fear. He just makes tough things yeah. impossible Hard, for us to understand. yeah, you know, and and then you know, and the players say, "Well, oh, Bud Selig has no idea what we're trying to you know accomplish here." And it's like it was never any of those things. It was you know, systemic is a word that's getting thrown around a lot in the in the last you know, month. Well, this is a systemic failure of two sides to ever understand the other. And you know, I, I understand that it's a negotiation, and you're, you know, you're trying to get the best you can. But at some point, somebody sooner than this—I mean, Paul was saying yesterday—you were you were saying I was hoping all you know all spring that quietly behind the scenes they were figuring all this out. How'd that go? Do
1: that? Yeah.
2: They, no.
1: How do the <laughs> They all of a sudden came out of nowhere with a deal. Until Kyrie Irving, who was on the, uh, you know, the the one of the six vice presidents, woke up and realized the deal was done. I he missed it or something, and then decides to like go behind players' backs. And this sounded like a Major League Baseball move, but I mean, remember it just came out. They were talking, boom, and there they go. It's passed twenty-nine to one by the teams and twenty-eight to nothing by the player reps. We have a deal. Yeah, you, and then all this stuff coming back and forth. Now they're working through the. Again, they took the roast out of the oven they're still kind of trying to flavor it in that, you know, how to get this whole bubble thing done and giving people options out, but you know what they're going to play. And they get all this good PR from they're going to play. And and
2: Terry, you know this as well as I do that and Jamie, I mean, the other sports just they just make it so easy when there's a situation like this. In baseball, it's always like you got to drag each other through the mud, or you know, yes. get into a twelve round fight, and and everybody sees it. Everybody has an opinion. Nothing, nothing is ever done just behind closed <laughs> doors, and it never stays behind.
1: I closed mean, doors. I mean, Jamie, it is. We all struggle, and again, you're pretty smart on PR and that. Why do you really want to, uh, again, do this to your product?
0: Uh, because I don't even, well, why would the owners, for example, we can come up with uh, examples on both sides, but why would the owners say, well, you know, we, this is going to be a terrible year and we need the players to give back. Now that would be a perfectly legitimate argument, except the opposite never happens. Hey, we had a really great year. A lot of people came out, TV revenue went up. And we're giving every player a, you know, $50,000 bonus or something. Has that ever happened? No. It Our only
1: works in the big other direction. this negotiation, too, Jamie, would say, all right, guys, we do need some help to the players. I mean, we are not taking in any money. What's your thought? You know, in other words, I always like sometimes that I know it's going to be a little cantankerous with someone. Let's put their thing on the table first and see if I could work off of that. Where it always right. seems like the owners flyer this thing out, it makes everybody angry, and then you're right back to, you know, the, the mudslinging and that. So, um I, I just, and Paul's right, I, they can't do anything in secret. What do they do? Just bring all the, like, four guys from the National Writers in there just like, yeah. listen or what? It's,
2: not, it's It's crazy. It's so, but who knows, man?
0: It's know. just. Well, moving on to the, to the, uh, what do you think of a 16 team postseason? Or I'm really, I'm, I'm really fascinated that Manfred got enough pull with the national league owners to throw out DH in both leagues, because if it's, if they have a full season in 2021 with the DH, how do you take it back? Yeah. I, I I would think that's, they're imposing a sea change which I'm all for but it's i think it was an interesting thing to throw in as far as these negotiations
2: yeah i remember uh you know at the winter meetings countless winter meetings when Selig was the uh the commissioner and he'd always get asked what about the dh when what are you going to do about it and, and he said it would take a cataclysmic change for for the national league to accept it or just to to make a decision on it one way or the other. And I guess we're at that cataclysmic uh, stage right now.
1: Well, maybe Manfred had enough clout with these guys more than I thought to just push it through. Uh, And also, I guess, given all the other issues, they finally realized that, uh, you know, Western civilization doesn't hang on whether the National League is a DH or not. Fair enough.
0: Well, we will come back after a, a short break here and talk about how we should look forward to the rest of the season and anything else that comes to our minds. You are listening to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast with Jamie Turner, Paul Hoynes, and Terry Pluto. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Thursday, June, I almost said January, June 16th. See, I can't get any of this right. It's the June 18th edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Jamie Turner with Paul Hoynes and Terry Pluto. Uh, And we just want to remind you that if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to get exclusive insights and bonus content on the Indians every day, from the most experienced baseball writer in Cleveland, uh, then you should sign up for the Cleveland Baseball Insider. Uh, as an insider, you'll have an ex- access to subscriber-only video chats, podcasts, photo galleries, more, as well as a daily guide to most of everything that we have that uh, offers Indians news. It uh, only requires a $3.99 uh, obligation per month, and the first 14 days are free. Uh, So we hope you take part in the Insider. Uh, It's a great deal and a great opportunity to get a little bit more wisdom from Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Returning to today's podcast, uh, we now have some idea, at least we have some hope, that we will be watching Francisco Lindor in an Indian's uniform, but how are fans supposed to take when it uh, take it when it's probably the last fifty or sixty games, however this works out, or, or seventy of uh, Lindor's time in Cleveland?
2: You know, I think we, uh, you know, I think we should just enjoy it. I mean, and and see what where it leads. You know, I I think uh, it's inevitable that he that they're going to move him at some point. I don't see them playing. 2021 and just letting him walk away. Uh but you know, he's the best I think he's the best homegrown player since hitter at least since we've since Manny Ramirez and uh he's fun to watch. Every day in and day out he gives you 100% I think a full effort and uh, and he's never changed, you know. So I I and I don't think he's as good as he's going to get yet either. So it's a he's a great player and Unfortunately, I don't think the Indians are in a position before this and certainly after this pandemic to keep them.
1: It will be fun to see uh, from a distance, not losing one door, but just what uh, uh, what kind of trade market, not only him, but a lot of these guys will have in the offseason or hitting their free agent years and things like that. Because, um, you know, to be fair to the owner, some this is not going to be a glorious year financially, no matter what kind of deal they work and those 300 or 400 million dollar deals and by the way paul i know that they were talking and you know there's two to clevenger and bieber and some of these guys about extensions before all this happened um i always thought pitchers should when you get a chance to sign an extension after a couple years you should take that first one because arm injuries i mean you just go down it's like carlos uh, Carrasco always wants an extension because, frankly, <laughs> he gets hit by one drives. He had Tommy John surgery. And then the poor guy comes down with leukemia. But it, you could go down the whole list of things that happen. And, you know, you look at Clevenger, for example. I switched gears because I was kind of interested in this a little bit. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, what, last year he had that back thing. Remember that?
2: Yeah, he had the, the I mean, he, he had the, the shoulder. Then he twisted his ankle coming off the mound in Texas. He was on the DL twice and he still won. Right. What? And he has a history. 12 really
1: good. Right. He has a hit, but he has a history of Tommy John. And then this year, remember, we forgot. At least I did till I was looking at that up. Remember you the knee injury. Yeah. In spring training. <laughs> I don't know what he turned down, but I would want it.
2: And now you don't know do they give it to him? Do they offer yeah. it? Right. Is that, like that offers or
1: is it change? That's where I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's always a a risk involved with with pitchers long term from the team's perspective, and and I think pitchers should look at that too. Um, and you know, you saw Kluber that, and then suddenly, what happened to him the last couple of years? You know, that uh, with with the uh, with injury, they're they're very very scary. It's just like, you know, Paul, you know, and I know, they love to draft those high school pitchers even in the draft. And you look at, you know, like Lenny Torres. Well, here comes the here comes the Tommy John surgery yeah. second round pick. You
2: almost you, if they haven't had it you almost have to build that into it when you I, I remember it. one
1: scout said to me well he's already had the obligatory tommy john surgery <laughs> It's like a write up asset. well Tristan McKenzie, right what what is this guy gonna pitch again oh my god
2: that poor kid he's yeah. gonna he didn't pitch a half year last year and the full year the year before
1: right and he's like six foot six and hundred and sixteen pounds or whatever yeah, yeah. And, and and actually i remember when uh, Bartolo Colon got hurt early in his career, and he's pitched forever since then. But uh, I remember John Hart told me because he he's trying to throw too hard for the age of his arm, which is like nineteen or twenty. And you know, you've seen that. Yeah. Not that everything uh, Jeff Passan writes is, is gospel, or whatever. But his book, *The Arm*, I really like because it showed how so many of these injuries are due to these younger guys throwing, trying to throw too hard for the radar gun but that was I know this is a little off topic but it goes back to uh, the economic implications of this and why they need to get baseball going i mean frankly, we need to see clevenger pitch you need to see beaver you need to see these guys if you're the indians
0: yep. no i i think the more tangents we go off on cuz that's a really good one is is the idea yeah. and then in in spinning off what we were just talking about terry i don't know how what baseball is going to do with a lost minor league season. Boy,
1: I think that's that's a huge loss. And the and the farther down the financial food chain you are, you know, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Oakland, those those things are pretty good at minors and developing players. Um, can't develop them if they're just playing catch at home, right? Yeah.
0: I mean that's their advantage, right, Paul? Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, and Jensen Jensen Lewis the other day, I thought brought up a great point regarding if this season ever gets off the ground I mean the Indians the last couple of years have always been able to bring up a couple of guys mm-hmm. that were hot at, at Columbus and and really that helped them Mercado last year um, and uh now you don't have that you know you, you don't have a guy sitting in the bullpen ready to go hitting 340 at, at Columbus and comes up here and hits the ground running and except I don't know what you do except unless he's you know, this taxi squad, but those guys are, you know, who, what are they going to be doing? Are, are they going to be playing inter-squad games? You know? So, you know, I think that's, that's, that's a big, I mean, it's only a 60, 65 game season, but guys are still going to get hurt and you're still going to need replacements. Wouldn't yeah, you kind
1: do, of, go ahead, Jimmy.
2: Uh, no, wouldn't that uh, almost require uh, baseball
0: to allow teams to have like 20, 20 additional players. Uh, you know, and off the roster that they could you know pull in as they needed, but then they you then you really could have you know practice games with with you know your top twenty minor league guys.
1: You yeah. know what I would since we're redoing the world here, see what you think sure. of this, Shane, uh, on that. Instead of I, I want to double I want to double down on your twenty five. Let's go to fifty. You put them in spring training, and you know they could have the Reds could have a bunch of guys over there. The Indians are there. They walk across the street and play each other. Um, you know, you kind of have a, a spring training thing going on down in Arizona and you have your own kind of minor league thing. How much is that really going to cost more?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, you know, from what I heard, they were going to bring like 50, 60 guys to Cleveland. If, if this thing got cleared and they could use, if they ran out of room, they would use different ballparks in East Lake or the, uh, the Lake, Lake Erie Crushers or an Akron. And, Edgewater uh,
1: Park, I heard, is open.
2: Yeah, and Ignatius even. They were talking about using the yeah, facilities at Ignatius. Edgewater has a really deep power alley, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know that you can get that 600-foot home run. Uh,
1: the last time I played at Edgewater Park, again, for, for Coach Augie Basu, who only played me out of his Christian heart at Benedictine, St. Edward's, uh, I batted three times. I left eight runners on base. Struck out all three times. And so my best friend on the team said, "You at least could have tried to bunt once."
0: <laughs> Boy, now if you're going to go there, then I think we're obliged to find
2: out Paul's uh, equivalent moment in uh, as a baseball and player. So my run. God, I I kept going out for the baseball team. I went out for the baseball team at Latin twice, and I never I never got out of the gym. we were oh. ground balls in ground ball gym. <laughs>
1: Well, this installs a lot of confidence to people uh, listening to us. James, do you have anything? Uh, in-
0: I, I I had one brilliant last year of Little League where I had the <laughs> longest home run in the history of my hometown. Oh, cool. And and then went to uh, high school and found out that I really didn't like the ball being thrown close to me. <laughs> A huge difference between Little League 50 mile an hour and high school 70 mile an hour. And I just thought, well, you know, golf would be a much better sport for me.
1: Yeah, there we are. We're all very good at watching and critiquing. That's what we're good at now. That's right.
0: Well, uh, I think on that note, we'll wrap up today's podcast. I, if you haven't been entertained and informed, I, I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're doing the level best we can with the limited baseball expertise that we have.
1: By the way, we're, we're doing a better job than the owners and players so far.
0: There you go. That's why you keep coming back to us every day is because we at least give you something that isn't angry. So thank you, thank you Terry. Thank you, Paul. We will be back on Friday with our next podcast. Uh, We'll see you then.